Hi, I'm Sadiq. And I'm Christian. And this is episode one of Voxels. Uh, Voxels is uh, a, a new podcast that we're doing, uh, totally legally distinct from Shades of Brown. We, we don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> it's, I've never heard, never of, Shades heard, of, never, never heard of Shades of Brown in my life. Um, Listen, if there's one thing that's here, it's no brown. <laughs> Jesus I don't know Christ. what that means. I don't know um, what that means. So, 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 what, what's, what's the podcast? Because this was, this was like your idea. So, I, w- I want you to like tell, tell the audience what's, what's, what's going on. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, basically, wh- what's going on here is, uh, for various reasons, uh, we can't really do a tech podcast anymore. But y- you know, it, it's 2024, and and the streets have been demanding a new podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, People have been crying out for it. Um, you know, I go outside, people stop me in the street and, and they say, um, you know, what the fuck? What happened to the what happened to the podcast? And and I I say, you know what, you write, you write, it's what the streets demand. So basically the idea is to take all of the culture stuff from um that other show that may or may not exist anymore and 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 pack it in here, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of good art going on um a lot of a lot of great games books media um you know there's more stuff to dunk on than just computers i guess is what i'm saying you know computers is passe that's true and there is there is yeah we we there's so much uh culture uh i mean to start it off like i'll say like this year i've been i'm doing this like combined media challenge where i try to watch like at least one movie and at least one read at least one book and play at least one video game uh a month so so i could like have like a more whole like more sort of more diverse creative uh sort of media diet i guess if you call it that uh so that's that's what i'm no i get it because like you know you're at the combination taco bell you're at the combination pizza hut you're at the combination taco bell pizza hut you know you get a little bit age you get a little bit of uh, trash games, you get a little bit of bad anime, and you get a little bit of, of horny romance novels, you know? And that that's what I call being a, a modern human with a good diet. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've, uh, so the first game, first video game I started this year, uh, I'm still doing, like, single-player video games. It's going to be, I'm good, that's going to be the focus. That was the focus last year, and that's going to be the focus this year. I'm just tired of playing. Wait, are, so are you saying you're not taking a week off time. of work to play the finale of Destiny 2, the longest-running game? That we both are playing. <laughs> Jesus, I I don't even like. The thing is, uh, it's funny, but it's like I don't I'm, I don't even know what's going on in Destiny Two. Like for like, I actually see. Given that most of the narrative staff is laid off at Bungie, I don't think they do either. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, all right, let's let's talk about a video game. Uh, this game came out last year, late last year, I think, like October, right? Uh, Alan Wake Two, uh, developed by. Uh, the folks over at Remedy Entertainment, and this one was published by Epic Games Publishing, uh, which is why it even got made, right? Because it, like, Alan Wake was not, like, some massive blockbuster of a game that was going to get a sequel. It was just, like, this, it's like a cult classic, right? It's like this, like, sort of, you know, people who know about video games talk about Alan Wake, like, it's, like, some sort of, like, magical object like you know like it's it's like a game that so, so I, I think i have a way of putting it. i think a way of putting it remedy games are like how people talk about the outer wilds if the outer wilds is actually good <laughs> Jeez, 
trying to piss off everybody with the first podcast. Oh, don't worry. Listen, I got even worse <laughs> things going on here. Like, I'm going to talk about Alan Wake, but don't let me. I got some opinion on Remedy games that are going to be universally disliked. So, you know. I- okay. Um, so, uh, history with uh, with Remedy games. I first, the first Remedy game I ever played was when you gave me a uh, Windows Store code for Quantum Break. <laughs> Um, I remember you giving me this code because you couldn't use it, right? Like you got, you bought the. So we gotta take a step back. So this is before, uh, I mean, the Microsoft Store is still shit, but let's be clear. But this is before they had unified purchases between the Xbox and the Windows Store in the Windows Ten, eight days. It might have been Windows Eight. I don't remember. It was like early Xbox One era. So they were testing out buy one, you know, or buy once, play everywhere kind of stuff. So if you bought Al- uh, Quantum Break instead of it being uh, a purchase at your Microsoft account. You just emailed the PC key. So I'm like, you, you know, I don't have anything to do with this key. I might as well give it to you because I only had an Xbox at the time. I think I had a Surface. I was back before I was on, on Macs or anything like that. I was using a Surface on the Windows phone. So I did not have a computer that could play it. So I gave it to you and um, we, I, this is my first Remedy game. I didn't know shit about Remedy. What an experience. Yeah, I, Quantum, the thing is, I don't remember too much about Quantum Break, except like, I remember like it having this, having the whole thing about Quantum Break. The whole Microsoft pushing its video stuff, right? Like it was all about this multimedia format, right? Like you'd have these live action. It's a TV. It's like a live action. Oh, it's a TV show. Remember the game? So, so the game install was sixty gigabytes, and it was a hundred and twenty optional download of all of the high quality TV episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, with Quantum Break now, you can't actually watch those because they like took down the CDNs. I think it's broken. Like no, no, no they Break. they patched it, so it's an optional download. At least on the Xbox, I did this recently. But nowadays, you can just stream it from Microsoft servers. You don't have to download it. You can just um, basically, for if you want offline playback, whatever. But if not, stream it. I, I I think Quantum Break. I I don't know if I would replay it, but I. I don't remember much about it. I remember it being weird. I remember the narrative stuff and it being very weird. But at the time, this was like what, 20, like it was a long time ago, like six, six, seven years ago. Uh, like I don't remember like anything about really the narrative or uh, like the mechanics or anything else. But I remember it being weird. So like, what's important about Quantum Break is though, is that Quantum Break had a trailer for Alan Wake 2 in it. It did, and I watched it. I, I, you sent me a link to it, and I watched it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" They were, they were on this shit like seven years ago. Like they, they were, they were just, they had all this shit planned out. Like they, they knew what they were gonna do with Alan Wake and Alan Wake Two. Like they knew all this shit way back then. Like that's crazy. Like that's fucking wild. Like, uh, like it's cool to like see these, like, like especially with Alan Wake Two. But also in Control, right? Control is like... Uh, I remember playing Control when it came out in, in 2019, right? Control was like, I think for most people, uh, Remedy became a thing in the public consciousness with Control. I think Control sort of had enough of a mass of popularity. Like, it became big enough of a game. Like, it sold enough copies to the point where I think Remedy's most successful game is still probably control at this point i and i remember playing control i I remember like all the narrative stuff in there is just like what the fuck is going on with these cutscenes, like these like fmv cutscenes, and like this weird finnish character who speaks in in riddles like 
like like what what the fuck is an awe uh like what is like all these shit in there and like control had a like a dlc that is like the alan wake dlc i don't know if you played controls alan wake dlc i that one i did not play but I want to take a step back before we even get into control. I think because there's a straight line that you can draw between all of Remedy's most recent games, right? Quantum Break, Alan Wake 1, because I played Alan Wake 1. You did not. But I played Alan Wake 1 on the 360. That's like a narrative exploration. And then Quantum Break is like a scope and combat sort of exploration, right? With the video stuff and all the combat stuff they were doing. Because it was time-based mechanics. You would stop speed time, right? Tell half stuff around. That was the combat in the game. And that leads into control where I think control is more like a... Con- a control for play on words of that scope where they brought it down enough to make it like actually make sense and work much to combat but um you know for the narrative stuff and then you know leads into alan wake too but with control though um i i think the pro i think control was just like it, it's how much detail they packed in it because there's like a you know there's graphically impressive games and then there's artistically impressive games and to me control felt to be like artistically impressive with how each set piece was designed and how, because you could say control in one way is a hall of, or, or um, like a, you know, a hallway simulator, right? You, you could, but, but they never feels like that. It never feels like it feels open and sparse, even though it's a, a building. Because every, every level, every sort of set piece is designed like as a, like they, I think this is one thing I think Remedy is really good at is, is designing set pieces. Like they are really, really, good at like sort of doing the set dressing like you know like it doesn't feel like you're doing you're just going through a corridor you or you're in, in this closed room like every aspect of the game like control uh like felt like they somebody put in some thought into this right like every boss fight even if i didn't like the boss fight there were some boss fights in control uh they were just just garbage like garbage boss design like for sure there was some garbage boss design in, in control but even when when I was playing through these like bad bosses, I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Like because like every everything is like meticulously sort of crafted. Uh, it feels very authored, right? It doesn't feel it. It, it feels like you're you're playing uh, like almost like a, some sort of theater play. You know, like it's it's, it's like all very tightly controlled, uh, especially. Especially it feels more like that with Alan Wake 2 than it did with Control, but Control definitely had that sort of remedy, like, narrative shit going on. You know? Like, it was, it was, it was cool. Uh, I don't... But, but the thing about Control as well, especially leading in Alan Wake 2, is, like, Quantum Break had a lot of weird shit in it, right? But Control, I think, was a step back in it to try and make a more cohesive narrative. But Alan Wake, I think they've managed to bridge the gap between both, right? Of making a cohesive narrative and going 10 million feet into that weird shit and, and having it make sense, which is a skill, right? Because you could, um, I guess we relate to albums. Like we relate to albums for a minute. You have like, um, what's an artist recently who's gone to some experimental stuff? Like maybe like, uh, it's like Beyonce's past albums, right? You could say Lemonade is like a culmination of her prior albums with like one cohesive narrative. And then you go into uh, Renaissance, and Renaissance is like cohesive narrative-ish, but it just gets weird and expansive the amount of genres it's playing with, and it's done so tactfully that you don't. It can be so easily made sloppy, right? And and I think that's where Alan Wake Two comes in, where they try and go for that quantum break austere, but they actually still manage to make something that is cohesive and and fun. I the thing about Alan Wake Two is that I I think it's it's remedy operating at like peak performance when it comes to like their 
their creative like form. Like it's just every aspect of the game. I I think it's just gorgeous. Like I like the like just the opening of the game. Like you're in like this Pacific Northwest setting. Like you're in Washington State. There's trees everywhere. It's dark. It's 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 rainy. It's it's this like and there's all this weird shit happening and it's just the vibes are immaculate like it's 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 just every aspect like is just so 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 good like Alan Wake 2 I was going into Alan Wake 2 uh I was a little skeptical this is the one of the reason I'm playing it now and not when it came out was that uh I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy Alan Wake 2 like I I was a little bit like I don't know it seems a little too uh maybe a little too focused on narrative or it's a little too like up its own ass or whatever. Like, I, but it's, it's, it's not like it's, it is as good as everybody's been sort of talking about. Like everybody's been like, yeah, this is great. Uh, except for, except for like, I would say, uh, all the narrative stuff is really, really good. The music is, is holy fucking shit. The, the old gods of Asgard, uh, are back. And they have these songs in the game, and holy shit, they are honestly the music of this game is. I like. I want like an official OST. Like, I would buy a physical copy of this. Like, give me remedy, please sell me on like a physical cop, physical audio release uh, of the OST. Uh, but it's just like, uh, like all this stuff in there. Like the references to control. Like the references. I remember the first time you get a reference to control the game is like very early on like basically the first section of the game you get a you get a reference to control and you're just like oh i know that like i know that what they're referring to and that's really cool i love this sort of interconnected remedy i mean do you not realize that the sheriff guy is jack joyce from quantum break same fucking character model yeah i know i mean i was about to i was about to get to that before you said it I was about to say the Quantum Break reference where the Sheriff Breaker is obvious, is played by the uh, same actor as as the main character of, of Quantum Break, right? Um, and I was... That's obviously, like, another reference, right? Uh, and it's it's filled with this stuff. It's filled with control references. It's filled with, like, Alan Wake 1 references. It's filled with, like, like uh, you know... Some Max Payne references, like it's there, but it's like Max Payne is. Kind what do you mean, Alex Casey is fucking Max Payne? <laughs> okay, so I am not familiar with Max Payne at all. Like it's it's Max Payne was before I gave a shit about video games. Okay, okay, so Max Payne one, right? The character model of Max Payne is literally Sam Lake. While I'm talking, look up Max Payne one, just any clip of it on YouTube while I talk through this, because. I am now going to, I, I just put one part in our show notes that says the musical level where Sam Lake starring as Sam Lake playing Alex Casey, who was once Max Payne, but due to IP rights is now known as Alex Casey played by Sam Lake because it is, it, it, it starts to break the third dimension or fourth wall, I should say, in, in like the best way possible in that there's a clip, right? Where, oh, what's it's, it's one episode of Mr. Door where they're asking Alan Wake, how does he feel about adaptations of his work? And then he just looks at Sam Lake and he's like, it's it's just not mine. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I I love that Sam Lake is just like he just plays characters in his own video games. And I that is just like like that's just I love that shit. Like I like I don't know if I would have appreciated like back when control was a thing where I play quarter break, but nowadays that kind of meta fourth wall breaking shit, I'm just like, 
give me more of that. Like that. Wait, is Sam like in control? Who does Sam, does Sam like play someone in control? I don't remember. He might be, but I don't. He probably is, but I don't remember. Uh, he probably is in some some capacity, but uh, I don't remember like if he was like a major part of it. But uh, he probably is. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam like made an appearance in Control. Like it, like it's just Remedy just does that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, so and like obviously we gotta talk about. World Indoor. Uh, World Indoor, uh, of, and of course, we got to talk about rest in peace to uh, Lance Reddick, who played the original uh, in, in Quantum Break. Right? This was a Quantum Break character. Uh, Indoor was like the villain, right? It, Patch, right? The the antagonist. Patch. In... Patch. Get it? Door Hatch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, love, love it. Uh, so, yeah, Lance Reddick played the play played uh played the character in in Quantum Door, but obviously Lance Reddick uh passed away uh way before I would imagine uh, like the the like the recording for the game. So I th- we have a different actor uh playing Lance Reddick. And I just wish Lance Reddick was here, man. Like no offense to this actor, he did a great job. Like, no, I'm not throwing any shade of this actor, but man, Lance Reddick would have been just I, I would have loved to see like Lance Reddick sort of reprise his his role here. Uh but uh, I so, sorry, I need to interrupt for one moment because R.I.P. Lance Reddick, Zavala, you a real one. But Hideo Kojima has put Sam Lake in Death Stranding. Did you know that? He's a character who looks just like Sam Lake in Death Stranding. Look up Veteran Porter. Veteran Porter, Death Stranding, Google Images. Oh my god. What? God damn it, Hideo Kojima. Um, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, the so musical level, uh, I think, is is probably my, like, most favorite set piece I've seen in a video game in a minute. Like, it's, it's, it's up there with the, what's the maze called in, in control? I forget. Ashtray, the ashtray maze, right? Uh, if, oh, something like that. Uh, I forget the, the control. There's a, this section in control where there's a fucking banging soundtrack to like, you, you go through this, this like weird ass maze. Uh, and it's, it's like one of the best things in the game. Uh, and this musical level of the game just felt so, like it felt like everybody who made it had so much fun making it, and it's just incredible. Like it's just incredible to play, and incredible. Like the the song is incredible. Like the song is really really well done. The the sort of musical production, like the old gods of Asgard, great vocals, great guitar work. Like it's 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 just solid all the way through. So, my question to you is, are are you gonna play Alan Wake? I don't think you have played it, right? I don't think you have played Alan Wake too. Uh, so I watched all the cutscenes and I watched all the important stuff. And here's my reason as to why I will buy the game support remedy. Cause I think they deserve it, but um, I can't do remedy combat. I'm going to just keep it real with you. The, I can't control quantum break and control have both like I'm two for two on, on the combat being to the point where I turn on the one hit kill mode and I do not see Alan Wake changing. Okay. That. So I combat is definitely like the weakest spot in this game. And I, I think it's especially bad in the Alan Wake Alan section. So in 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 Alan Wake two, you play, there's two sets like sections. Like you either play as uh, Alan or you play as Saga Anderson, the FBI uh, agent. So the combat in 
both is very sort of simple, simplistic, and and in Saga Anderson's sort of sections, like the amount of enemy variety is very the enemy variety is extremely low, and like it doesn't change that much throughout throughout the whole game. And Alan Wake, Alan sections like are just like literally one type of enemy, like the shadows, like literally just just the one type of enemy who just does like the exact same attacks throughout the entire game. So it just feels a bit tedious. So which is why I play the game on on the story story difficulty because I was just like I'm not here for the combat. Like I know I've heard people talking about this game uh and saying that the combat is 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 just kind of there. It's it doesn't feel like incredible or or mind-blowing or in any way. Like it just like I felt like when I was playing the Alan Wake section, especially that I, it was just sort of this thing I had to do to get, to get between the interesting parts of the game, the, the narrative stuff, right? Like the narrative stuff in the, in the Alan Wake sections is really, really, really fucking good, and that's the stuff I, I'm interested in, not like the mid combat, right? Like it's just well, and the issue with the combat with Remedy games too is that their their movement system, their physics system is tied really great towards interactive, immersive gameplay experiences where you're like exploring your, your, pu- your puzzle solving all of that 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 is what i believe the priority is when they're designing the levels which I, is not a bad thing but but the problem is is that the combat with that movement system doesn't feel tight the shooting feels weird and the abilities it, it feels loose it just does not yeah, feel it, tight it it does it it feels like especially with alan like it just feels like a little bit off like it doesn't feel great to shoot as alan which to be fair to the to the game is is thematically accurate because Alan is supposed to be like a writer, right? He's not he's not like a combat veteran. Like he's he's not like a fucking soldier. He's not an FBI agent like Saga Anderson, right? Uh, but still, it, it still feels like. But it still feels like you're playing Call of Duty through a GeForce Now connection on 2.4 gigahertz. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good. I, I, I would definitely say to people who want to play this game and are worried about not enjoying the combat. Uh, I would say just play on on the story story mode difficulty because like you're not like you're not really missing out. Do they still have the one hit kill mode from Control and the accessibility options? Uh as far as I know, no. Uh, I would I I'm not hundred percent on that, but I when I did check the accessibility settings, I didn't see that's whack. Because so Control had a great mode where every enemy died of one hit, and let me tell you. Let me tell you, that was the best way to play that game. <laughs> they added that in much later. To be fair to to everybody, they added that in much later, which I I think is a they understood. I think internally that uh, combat was definitely like a bit of a and I, and this is the thing I said in my review is that I would love to see Remedy make like a full on quote unquote like walking simulator game. Like they can do it. Like they have the ability and the skills and and like. I would just love to see them make a game where there is no combat, right? Like, just, like, a narrative-focused, like, mind-fuck narrative video game, right? Without any combat. Like, I would love to see them... Like, with this game, at least, they were trying to do, like... I mean, it's a survival horror game. Like, it it falls in the survival horror genre, which, having played uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake last year, yeah, like, it doesn't... Like, in comparison, like, Resident Evil 4 is... Remix combat feels like miles ahead as as, as in the survival horror genre compared to this, right? Uh, so it's like I I just want Remedy to focus on what they're actually good at, which which is which is the narrative bullshit and the like weird like incredible set pieces and visual like 
level design and music and all that shit. Like, like just get the combat out of here. Like, it's if the combat wasn't here, like I don't know. Or stop trying to make games where you shoot. Like, I unironically think, like, I'd be maybe maybe their you know their combat design folks wouldn't be up to the task. But I think like an Alan Wake style game that had more hand to hand combat on it, like with a little brawler influence, would be interesting, right? Like a remedy game where you're just punching people all the time. That could be rad. That you know, instead of it just being like teleportation and shooting, because that's so many other games nowadays. Yeah, I, 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 I'm like basically I'm, think about this: Yakuza mix of remedy, or is it is it like a dragon now? I guess <laughs> is what it's called. It's it's called it's like a dragon. Yeah, like a dragon. And and the thing is, I love the like uh, Yakuza like a dragon. Uh, I, I love Yakuza Zero, uh, Yakuza Kiwami One and Two. Like uh, that studio is doing some incredible work on, especially with combat design. Like their combat is is, is fantastic. Like the brawler stuff in in like the earlier Yakuza games is is honestly pretty fun. Um, and yeah, it would be cool. But I don't know if that is in Remedies sort of wheelhouse. Uh, Partner for another studio. It. That's that's I, the combination we like need. Sega Remedies and Remedies. Maybe they just want to like do all this shit in in house. Like they have an in house style, uh, and I can see why because like they want everything to look a certain way and feel a certain way. Uh, so they have like this incredible and and I hope the success of Alan Wake Two can let them buy Quantum Break IP back from Microsoft because Quantum Break is still the best remedy game. So we can get a Quantum Break Two. Wait, hold on. Uh, does Microsoft own the IP on that? Like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. that is oh. why. That is why there's not more Quantum Break integration, and it's just it's like a Max Payne, right? It's one off hints. That's why it's Mister Door, not Hatch. They can't use the same character names because Quantum Break is a Microsoft IP right now, so they have to buy it back. Because remember, no, 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 Microsoft owned Alan Wake. They bought Alan Wake back from Microsoft. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did buy Alan Wake. Oh, Alan Wake, and they and they remastered the first Alan Wake game as well. Um, uh, so like. I, I, okay, so my question to you here is, I know you, you've played Alan Wake 1. Would you say it's worth replaying Alan Wake 1? Like, would you play, like, would you? Okay, you gotta put up with some real shit combat. So here's how Alan Wake combat works. You have a pistol or a shotgun, and you have to shine a flashlight at enemies in order to get them to a state where you can damage them at 30 FPS. So, okay, uh, like, the thing is, you say that that's basically Alan's combat in Alan Wake 2 as well, that like you, you just have to shine your flashlight. But imagine a, a less good version of that. Can you put that up with no accessibility options to make it easier? Can you, this is a game that was released in, like, 2008, 2009. Oh, okay, yeah, probably not. Like, I was wondering if I should, like, now that I, like, played Alan Wake 2, if I should, like, go back and play, like, the first game, like, uh, because... When, when when I bought uh, Alan Wake Two on the Epic Game Store, they gave you give, they give you Alan Wake remastered for free uh, with it. So uh. I mean, I'll check it out. You would know within the game starts with a combat section, so you will know within the first five to ten oh, okay. minutes if you are if you are here for it. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I I I would personally, if anybody's enjoyed like Control, if anybody's enjoyed Alan Wake, like you gotta play Alan Wake Two. I like it's it's. Already, this is like the first game I played this year. Already on the game of the year list, but this year, like straight up, like uh, it's not even a question. Uh, just, just like criticisms of the combat aside, like I, I just love the narrative shit that they're doing. It's and at the ending of the game, just like I was just like, what, what the fuck? Like, what is like? I still don't really like fully comprehend. I feel like 
I feel like this is one of those games which is just, just like you just have to sit with it. Like you just like what what is actually happening? What's who died? Who didn't die? Who, who what is like the actual reality of the situation? Because the whole thing with Alan Wake is like reality is is warped, right? Like it's like it's this it's this whole thing about warping reality. Like I don't know what what's going on. Like the ending of that game, I was just like, I I, I don't know. Like it's it's. It's weird. I love it. Um, I love uh, the Alan Wake games end on all those um, interesting voice lines. Because Alan Wake 1 ended on like, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. And it still hasn't been explained. And then this game ends on, it's not a it's not a loop, it's a spiral. It's a spiral. Yeah, it's not a loop, it's a spiral. Which I was just like, what does that mean though? Like, what the fuck? Like, are we getting DLC for this game? Like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know. Uh, so... Here's how you, you get Quantum Break to bring them back, though. Quantum Break with the time stuff. Like, we're already there. We're already there. See, basically, what I'm saying is someone, you know, fuck going to space. Tell a billionaire to give Sam Lake enough money to buy back the rights from out to Max Payne from Rockstar. Because Rockstar owns, uh, or Take-Two, rather, owns Max Payne. Microsoft owns Quantum Break. Buy both of those back and then make a Quantum Break 2 that bridges all of them together. Holy shit. That would, that would be something. Like, that would just, that would be incredible. I don't know if that's going to happen, though. I don't know if Microsoft's interested in... Uh, I mean, Microsoft's interested in selling uh, the IP there. Uh, Microsoft is interested in having games that will make people want to pay for Game Pass, and that is one game that would. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. I wonder if uh, the next game they make is going to be like... I thought it was Control 2, isn't it? It's, it's Control 2, yeah. Right, Wait, let me check Control here. Two. Control 2... I think I'm pretty um, sure it's Control 2, yeah. Like I, I think a like I know they're making like a spin-off control game that's like a shooter. Uh I think it was Oh shit. Wait a minute. They're remaking Alan or Max Payne one and two as well. Oh what so they so they have the IP from uh Rockstar? Uh in that case. I so guess. yeah, so control two and remakes of Alan of Max Payne one and two are in development. This is an article from Game Informer from October thirty first, two thousand twenty three. They're in production readiness stage. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I, I like that. That's cool. I, I would love to see two expansions also coming out in Wake Two. Oh man, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the expansions, man. The expansions are going to be so good. Um, all right. Oh yeah, it did strike into a rock star. So it doesn't own the IP per se, but you got to know for a fact. This is like I trust Remedy enough to do this, but like they need to go Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on this or remake on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's a remake, sure. Yeah, but it's also a re make oh my god fucking yeah there would it's it's gonna be some meta bullshit going on like for sure um i and i would love to play the because i've never played any of the max Payne games so it'd be cool to like actually have those games to play uh in a, like a more modern system um and a modern engine and whatnot um so that'd be cool uh is there anything else that we want to say about alan wake 2 before we sort of dive into anime trash corner um, I, so actually, the one thing you want to say, I want to ask what Rap Valley too is, you know, there's a, sometimes people problematically say they don't make them like this anymore, but they don't make games like this anymore. And it's because, like, this is not, to be extremely clear, I'm pretty sure what's funding Remedy right now is their deal with Tencent for that Crossfire X game that's like huge in Asia. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that's the stuff that's actually funding Remedy and not these games. And, and it's just, I, I hope they make enough money from this to keep funding it, to keep funding these types of games, because they... I, uh, Epic, Epic Games 
funded this one, right? Like Epic Games had a major like like this is the reason it's exclusive to Epic Game Store on PC and it's right. Well, more publishers should fund this stuff is what I'm saying, right? Like this should be something that you have um you know like you have a Halo car theory, right? Where you have like the cars people buy, then you have Halo cars. Max or, or Alan Wake rather, this game is I think is a Halo car game and that this is like that weird shit that's not for everyone, but is artistically important. It's you know you have like your 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 shooter you know crossfire game, and then you have this, and this is the stuff that people look to for actual artistic inspiration. Yeah, exactly. I, I it's a, uh, I said it in my review. It's a game. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of art that loves art, right? Like it's it's just like a love letter to art as a as a thing. Like which is which is I, I just yeah more of that shit, please. Like please, uh, this is good shit. Uh, Fuck so out of speaking wires. of speaking of trash art, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, let's talk about anime, uh, which apparently is. So well, let me introduce a segment. Let me introduce this segment. I'm stealing your segue. So. With this new show, um, I'm no longer banned from talking about anime, so it's the start of a new anime season. So there's going to be a quarterly, I guess, you know, section. Yeah, we could probably do it at the beginning of a season, end of a season, called the Anime Pickup, you know? Go through all the new animes that I've seen so far, and I'm going to try and sell you on them, I think is my idea here. I'm going to describe it, talk about the show, and try and sell you on it. And we have, good lord, I didn't count this number out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19 individual shows I have seen so far. I do not have High Dive, and there's some shows that are not airing anywhere that I have to go to IRC and XDC a copy of the rip. And I did not do that for some of those shows, so it's not all shows that are airing. But it's 19 out of the 30 or 20-something that are airing this season. I might, some maybe haven't started yet, but we're two weeks into the season, so you know, um, there's only so much time we can actually wait. But yes, yeah, so we're going to try and sell you on those. And let's go through, let's, let's make fun, let, let's talk our shit first, you know. Let's go through the ones I put in cringe. Shows you shouldn't watch. Shows that I'm probably going to drop. So first one here we have is Delusional Monthly Magazine. So this is a show about a guy who gets a job at a science magazine about like weird psychic phenomenon and stuff. Yeah, supernatural phenomenon, which could be a good idea. But the animation quality is pretty low it, it has a fairly predictable plot the, the characters are extremely one-sided and it, it, it's one of those shows that 15 minutes into it i'm like what is going on like you just it it, it the narrative is not consistent it was just a boring show so that's why it's cringe because it, it could have been a good idea but it's not even problematic cringe it's just like this is low effort low effort anime it, it's just not yeah there's low effort yeah, like okay. those animators should have been doing a better show and it's, I don't blame the animators. It's always, it's always the production committee's fault with this stuff. You know, pay them more, put them on a more fulfilling project. Now, this one here, next up, we got bottom tier character Tomozaki, which is another cringe, cringe show. Why is this cringe? So I'm just going to explain the, the premise of this because season two, season one or five years ago. So guy, you know, is a hardcore fighting game player, plays a lot of fighting games, ranks online. He has like a rivalry builds up. They they chat online, you know, healthy, you know, gamer competition, you, you know, fair enough. And he meets up. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Wait, let me finish the description. No, you do know this one. So he meets up with that person ends up being a girl who goes to his school. And she's disappointed that he's just like, not even a shaggy dude, but just like, you know, someone who just cares about playing video games, like 15, 16, whatever, like people are in that part of their life. And her goal is to rehabilitate him by meeting with him after school 
to turn social norms and stuff into quests in real life to make him level up as a person. Yeah, I remember this now. <laughs> so every episode, it's like, I mean, it's an interesting folly if it wasn't one, one-sided or, or two-dimensional, I guess. Um, we're basically like, here's a social situation. We're going to ad- address this like it's a video game quest. And here's the problem with that. That does not make you a healthy person who's capable of sustaining normal relationships. What if you, if you, once you turn like 18 and you're like, oh, my friend's going through a tough time. Let me go, you know, let me go, let me have a musical episode on this where the old guards of Asgard are playing songs. We can figure out our problems. No, it's not how that works. It's not how that works. So, um, I of course have watched every episode of the first season. And I am watching every episode of the second season because I like pain. But this is very cringe. It's extremely cringe. Um, next one up is Sasaki and Peeps. So this one's pretty interesting. It's like an isekai, but you can go between it, but no one dies. So office, you know, office worker buys a bird because he's like, you know what? Working at an office sucks. I want to get an animal, you know, a little cute animal. That bird ends up being a magician from another world who grants him magical powers and they go back from each world. And he's, you know, doing normal stuff of selling electronics from our world and the other world to try and gain money and, and get super rich, whatever traditional, you know, trash is probably put a mid tier instead of cringe, but makes it cringes. Every main female character in the story is under 18. Automatic cringe tag, automatic cringe tag. Oh, uh, Oh, auto- yeah, that's uh that's a red flag. Uh, oof. Uh, so I would you say that isekai is still like a major trend in in like newly airing anime? Like it is, it is just a it it's turned itself into a genre at this point. It's gone from trend to I think to like like a magical anime, right? Like, well, they do, those never fell out of style. It's waned in popularity for sure, but it, it's it, it, it's just there. It exists, you know. It, it's just here to stay. It's just a trend. Uh, next show in the cringe category is. The strongest tank's labyrinth raids. A tank with a rare 999 resistance skill got kicked from the hero's party. This is a terrible title. So, this is a fucking terrible. First of all, this title is cringe. So um, what actually? I'm just gonna say so we got two reasons this one's cringe. One, the guy has a sister complex, the main character. So no. And then two, um, it's I'm gonna say these hoes. Like the second character is a slave girl he meets, who of course he liberates. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so is this like an isekai too, or is this just like, uh, okay, just, okay, just, no, it's just a fantasy anime where like video game skills, but a real life, everyone has skills, and if you don't have a skill, you're not a useful human being or whatever, but okay. So yeah, it's, uh, cringe, cringe. But the last cringe one we have here is Hokkaido gals are super adorable. Now, this is like a traditional romance anime, and the reason it's cringe is, the reason it's cringe is one, it's 2024. We need to stop writing male characters as young dude who squeals whenever anyone touches him or pokes him. You know what I mean? Like, like that's just, uh, that, that's right. Needs to die. You know, I want, I want romance enemies where both characters are like regular people with flaws and stuff and not like, you know, she's, uh, she's like a super pretty girl and I'm like an average dude and she likes me and oh no, what do I do? But she puts up with my bullshit. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not, that's not the vibe we're on anymore. So that's why that's cringe. Now I got my next category. We got, these are the ones I'm actually trying to sell you on. 
We got Hard in the Paint. Once again, Flaccavelli just turned 10 years old. Waka Flaka Flame's best album. That's a real one. Um, so, first one. Seventh Time Loop. The villainess enjoys a carefree life married to her worst enemy. So, this is a time loop and a villainess trend. This is a trend that you left anime before it started. There's a lot of shows where it's like, I'm the evil villain bitch that no one likes, but actually, we're going we're gonna to take that idea and, and, and try and flesh me out to a full character and give me another chance. It's not, it's not washed yet, the trend. So I, I'm enjoying it. It's eventually it's going to be like enough of these shows, but a lot of these have like Yuri stories with them and stuff. So it, I think it's because it's a trend that's mostly written by women. It, it has a lot more staying power and, and a lot more depth to it than these other trends. So I fuck with it for now. Um, tends to be a lot of women first writers who, who are, who are writing this. And, and, you know, it's always a good thing. Uh, women writing women anime is something I'm here for, but here's the thing. So this show is she, gets disowned by her family, and each time she dies and she turns 20. So she's lived seven lives, and each life she like does one thing. One, she would become a merchant, another she learned how to fight, an archer, a doctor, etc. And this show picks up on her seventh time loop, where the guy who killed her in all the prior loops is now wanting her to marry, is wanting to marry her. And she's trying to play him to get him so she doesn't die this time. Oh, I see, I see. That's a and and it's like not problematic. It's like there's some anime tropes in it, but it's actually like a pretty compelling kind of um, kind of uh, narrative. And and the first episode was good. The animation quality was good. And, and this character is really, really like actually a person, right? Flaws, but thinks and and it's something I, I fuck with. I, I was enjoying this watch. I think it's one that um, you would not feel bad watching. Next up, we got solo leveling. So this is another trend that has ha- that has been going on since you stopped watching anime, which is Korean manga. They call manhwas are getting adapted. So solo leveling is a Korean show that is getting adapted. It's a battle anime where basically the world has portals open up randomly one day where people start going to dungeons, and the idea is you can never level up. You're assigned a certain rank, but this guy is the first one who's able to level up. And the thing that's good about this is he's like. It is a shonen show where it's, you know, weak guy gets strong, but he's not an annoying protagonist. Like in the actual voice acting in that, it, it's like a realistic person who just doesn't want to give up, but has flaws and recognizes them. And I appreciate that depth. Um, as well, the animation is so fucking good. The battle, it is, it is extremely well animated and, and it goes hard. This one goes hard in pain. Actually, I'm kind of sold on this one. Actually, like this sounds good. I haven't watched shonen anime in, uh, a long time. <laughs> oh, here's the good thing about the Korean ones. They're short. This is like five or six volumes for the entire manhwa. It's not like the Japanese ones where they go on for fucking 10 million years. So this like has been over for a while, has a definitive ending and, and you know, is like a self-contained story. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, I like this. All right. This one, this one I'm kind of interested in because I have, I like, it's been a minute since I've watched Shonen and so Shonen is just kind of fun. Um, so, uh, so what's, what's the next? What's the next? So cl- we got Classroom of the Elite. So this one is cringe or hard in the paint. I didn't put in the maybe category because I think it goes hard in the paint. But the, the reason is it's the main character is a sociopath, but everyone recognizes that, right? Like, like he is fucked up, but it's like it's fucked up in a way that we all recognize the fact that this dude's fucked up because this is now season three of the show. So basically, it's a guy who uh, enrolls in a school where it's like meritocracy up the ass, right? So everyone is in this meritocratical, 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 I've pronounced that system. And 
The thing is, he purposely puts himself in the lowest rank just so he could work himself up. So it's like a show about him just playing a bunch of people. And like, it, it makes no qualms about the fact that he's kind of a shitty character. But it's just fun seeing him get the upper hand. You know, it's like, I'm going to take off my my um, actually reasonable person hat and just watch like uh, a succession style show where someone just being a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, it's good. Though. Okay. It is. It is good. It's um, it kept me watching for three seasons. So I unfortunately have to say it, it goes hard in the paint. Yeah. I'm with season three that's airing right now. This one goes hard in the paint. Next one is a new show for this season. The wrong way to use healing magic. So what is this show about? This show is about, it's an isekai. Yes. But the main character is given healing magic. But it flips it on its head. Instead of him being a healer, he heals himself so he can beat the shit out of other people and be a, and be like a fighting character. It's it's just an interesting use of healing magic. You know what I mean? Like you, in most games, right? You heal yourself or you heal other people. But if it's ever like I'm gonna go beat up someone, that'd be a great fucking Overwatch character, by the way. A fist fighting healer who just consistently can heal themselves and keep going hard. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Actually, I, I kind of like that concept of turning like healing on its sort of. Like healing and like an offensive healer character, like that's that's kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah, so it might be cringe so far. There's only been two episodes in, uh, but yeah, it's pretty pretty all right. And the the last one in Hardened to Paint is the weakest tamer began a journey to pick up trash. So this one is technically DSA guy, but it doesn't really like. I think it's just setting or, or window dressing for it. It's not really a uh, main drive to the show. But what this one is about is a girl is born who does not have any stars and so i think the allegory is here is that the she'd be considered disabled in our world so her parents leave her to die her only skill is that she can tame monsters but only extremely weak monsters so she tames like a super weak slime and she like starts presenting herself as a boy and like goes around and and, and trying to make a journey to the main kingdom that's all we have from the first episode but the animation quality in this shit is fucking beautiful and I did spoil a little bit of the light novel for myself. It's not a huge spoiler for anyone who's going to watch it. But the point of the show is not for her to get strong, but for her to just outwit people. Like, it's one of those where it's like, she stays consistently weak, and that's like the the folly in which all of her narrative dilemmas are are presented in. And it's more of like a using what skills she does have to outsmart other people and and to survive. So it's a good, it's a a sweet show from what I've seen so far. And, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's really a show about showing what happens to people. I feel like it's a disabled allegory. I might be wrong. But to me, it seems like the way it was presenting it is like this person is what we would consider like disabled and showing it from their perspective, how they try and survive and how like adults can treat children who are disabled as in various shitty ways. So that that's what I, the vibe I get from it. So I'm, I'm here for it. That goes hard in the paint. So we got our next category. Maybe hard, maybe cringe. I don't know. Maybe hard, maybe cringe, could go hard in the paint, could could make me want to cancel my Crunchyroll subscription and charge back every purchase from it. So we have The Foolish Angel Dances with the Devil. So this show is basically about a demon who goes to Earth to recruit people to kill all the angels. And he tries to recruit someone who actually is an angel. And she puts him into bondage with him. Uh, do you mean that, like, in a... The, the the show doesn't like go that far, but like the way they depict it, you know what I mean? Like after she like claims him as her, her own, she does a thing where she lights a candle. Ah, okay. So it it's it's aware it's it's aware. It's aware of okay. Next to him lying down. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's only one episode, so it could go hard in the paint. It could be cringe. I'm, I'm going to keep watching more. This next one is Tis Time for Torture, Princess. And that is not words I thought I'd ever say out loud. But basically, it's about a princess who just wants to play video games who gets tortured by uh, being offered delicious food to spill secrets about the state. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah. That, that premise is why it's maybe hard. I don't fucking know. Like, it's just been one episode. I don't... I think it's a gag show. I don't really know. Like, I'm going to just be... Sure, I'll watch a couple more. I'll probably end up dropping it, but sure. This one here, The Unwanted Adventure... Uh, unwanted Undead Adventure. So this is one where it's just a guy who's hunting monsters. He gets killed, and he wakes up as an undead monster. There's not enough plot for me to know where this goes. So that's... The first episode is a lot of set dressing, window dressing, so I don't, I don't know where it goes. So, you know, this is another one. These three are going to be ones I'll check out. I think Undead Unwanted might stay on the list. Foolish Angel, I'll probably keep watching because I... Hey, listen, we all, we all have our things. Uh, Torture Princess one? Nope. And we have the last segment here. Could watch in front of your mom. A sign of affection. Now, I'm going to talk about this one for a while. This is a show that I think you should watch. Romance Enemy of a Death Girl. Oh, yo, this shit's going to make me cry. I already know it. I already know this shit's going to make me <laughs> So, basically, Yuki is a deaf character who's in college. She went to a super small school for the deaf as a kid of, like, four people right in her grade. Because it's, it is a disability, of course, that people do have, but it's not a huge one, right? So, you naturally have smaller class sizes than if you're in a public school or whatever. So, she's in college, and she meets this random guy, and they start hitting it off. And it's really cute so far especially with how she tries to like convey herself to him because she she can only read lips right if someone doesn't speak sign so he's trying to learn sign language for her they're hitting it off it's only two episodes in there's only one part but i feel like every romance show needs a foley and of course it's a childhood friend who actually knows sign language who's a little too stubborn for his own good right it's like the be mean to your crush thing but you never grow out of that when you're an adult like that kind of thing so I don't know how annoying that's going to be because that could be done right or wrong, especially if he's given a redemption arc. Not even like a you know main love interest, but he could be given a redemption arc. I, I don't know how it's going to go, but um, it's it's a really it's well animated, and, and the sound design specifically when it's her scenes are great because the music stops right. It, it multiple times will cut all the sound and, and, and just and, and present things from her perspective, and I really appreciate that attention to detail with it. On top of how great the animation is, so I. I fuck with this show. I think you should watch it. I think you would enjoy it. I I, I do. Um, next one up here. Did I, did I name this category? This is the could watch in front of your mom category. I don't know if I said that. But it shows you could watch in front of your mom. We got Fluffy Paradise. This is an isekai. And basically, her her power is that animals will let her pet them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great power. It's it's just a good like popcorn watch. You know what I mean? It, it's just a a good watch where someone just kid pets animals, magic dragons and shit. And I don't know if there's any plot. I don't particularly care because I'm just here to watch, you know, animals be having their best life, being happy. You know what? Yeah, that's. it seems very, very chill. Yeah, uh, that's cool. In a similar vein, we have our next one, Mr. Villain's Day Off. So this is not going to win any awards for the world's most serious anime or anything like that. But this is, okay, you have like a Evil world organization, general leader, leader of villainous people, blah, 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 blah. Spends his day fighting, you know, all the good guys. What happens on his day off? 
He's just a dude who likes to go to the fucking zoo and watch pandas. Uh, I see. I see. I see. That's just it. It's just him him on his day off going to the zoo to watch pandas. You know, he's going to go ahead and get some ice cream at the store. It's just it's just a dude being a dude. You know what I mean? And that's sometimes you need that shit. Sometimes you just need a, a dude being dudes being dudes is, is sometimes problematic, but not in this case. Also, I, I opened the page up for this one. Like it says on the corner of the poster, it's you Morikawa uh, Square Enix. What what is Square Enix doing? Oh, Square Enix has a huge anime publishing arm. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Actually, that's uh, that's news to me. Okay, uh, cool. Bandai Namco too. A lot of oh. video game publishers also publish anime. Oh, I see. Okay, all right, makes sense. Cool. Uh, you know, Bandai Namco has a huge like idol thing, right? Uh, like Idol Master and stuff like that. Yeah, Is yeah, that Idol Master, that, Bang Dream, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's like the that Bandai Namco owns. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, I don't know Square Enix. The, yeah, Square the, Enix goes hard in paint. Okay. Oh. So we got our next one. This is another manhua. Manhua, um, and I've, I'm if I'm butchering the pronunciation of it, please actually, please, please roast me right, for real because I, I, yeah, I've never heard anyone saying <laughs> say it out loud. Yeah. But okay, so we have Doctor Elise, the Royal Lady of a Lamp. So this is another villainess show. Another one. So this one is kind of French Revolution as princess era lady gets killed at the stake for being a bad person. Oh, so it's like Mary, Mary, Mary Antoinette uh, kind of situation going on? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Being a bad person, all that kind of stuff. And then is reborn in the modern day and becomes a world-renowned surgeon and is in a plane crash. And as her last saving act, she, she makes sure everyone ex- on the plane crash survives, but she dies in the process of doing so. So she then isekai's back to her original life 10 years before her death. And this is her with that knowledge of living in our world, now trying to, you know, atone for her sins and, and make sure she doesn't get killed at the stake in this life. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, so, so we're trying to like redeem the bourgeoisie kind of kind of vibes, kind of, kind of vibes here. I see, I see. I get more of like a give healthcare to the common people kind of vibes, which you know what, like, if you're rich and and that's like your life's goal, you you know, I think I think I think that. You maybe not net positive, but you're net zero. Your carbon emissions are net zero. I think at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, you're offsetting your your being rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give you know, get yeah. free healthcare to the to the commoners. I'm down with that. Okay. <laughs> All right. And the last one we have here, Delicious in Dungeons. This one's on Netflix. So this is basically like, what if there's D and D dungeons in the real world, right? And the entire premise of this show is, what if you cooked in them? It's just about cooking in the dungeon. Oh, so it's like a, it's like it's like a cooking anime. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about cooking monsters and shit. It's literally what the show's about. Okay, kind of like that idea it, actually. That's cool. it's so good. It's yeah. it's 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 good. It, it's also like another popcorn one, but it's animated well. And you know what? Sometimes you need a silly premise like that. So, uh, personally, I'm interested in a few of these. Soul leveling, uh, is is the one I said. It's, it seems like kind of fun shonen anime stuff uh the wrong way to use healing magic also seems cool uh weakest tamer maybe i don't know uh sign of affection definitely like a sign of affection is probably like the one that's like i kind of want to watch it because i'm just curious like i haven't watched like a good romance anime in a long long time so uh but I don't know if I want to subscribe to Crunchyroll. Maybe I will. I I, I get a 14-day free trial. 
let's 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 uh let's I get... mean listen listen here look 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 this this podcast in no way you know endorses going to irc.ryzen.net and slash <laughs> No, 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 no. Actually, no, nobody go to Ryzen. Ryzen's a bad place. Oh, is it, is it uh, even worse nowadays? Um, I haven't been on Ryzen in uh, probably a decade. At this well, listen. Point, so so I, I was going to say a decade know. ago, if you wanted all the free enemies, you go to the Ryzen chat. You network. go to Ryzen, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you should do that in 2024. No, I don't. I, don't, I wouldn't use Ryzen for that anyway. But uh... oh no, they have a 4chan logo on the. Uh... Oh, okay. I guess it got worse then. <laughs> like home to hi- home to many high profile websites, such as 4chan. What the fuck is E-Republic? Oh my god, now I gotta look this up. I'm opening a private window for this. Oh, it's a... Oh, oh, okay, great. It's just a... It's a it's a web... Web browser MMO. What the... <laughs> we're, 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 we're discovering things about IRC now. Create uh, your citizen. Oh, that's That sounds problematic. I don't like it. I can run the app on the Mac App Store. Um, anyways, yeah. So, uh, you know, at least out of affection, it was a show that I would watch. I would, I would watch that show. Yeah, a side of affection is the more that seems most interesting to me. Uh, there was a similar, uh, I don't know if there was this movie, uh, I think it was Netflix. Yeah, Silent anime. Voice. Silent Voice. I remember, shout out, to, I got, you, you were not the one who recommended this to me. Actually, I think it was Mint who recommended this to me. Shout out to Mint. Uh, and I remember watching a Silent Voice and I remember, God, this, this, this movie just makes you cry all, it's just, it's just it, like, uh, Silent Voice is really, really good. Uh, it's, it's really, really fucking good. Uh, so, sign of affection. I'm, I'm interested in that one for sure. Uh, so, I'm curious. Uh, will I watch any of these? That's a great question. Like now that I say that I'm interested in them, doesn't mean I'm actually going to watch them. This is the thing with anime: is that Christian has been trying to, like, I don't know, tell me about anime for the past, uh, I don't know, five years, seven years, um, and it's, it's I'm just not really picked up any anime seriously uh for for a long time so it's 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 it'll be like it's uncertain that if i actually watch it uh but we'll see at least it sound or a sign of affection that one that is the one that like is you big you know like i watch this and i'm like you know what that goes hard in the paint for you i put that i could watch it for your mom but that's like it goes hard in the paint with your mom <laughs> yeah so, uh, is if it so with all of these in the list, which which is like is sign of affection the one that you'd probably say is like the best one that you that you're enjoying right now, or is there like another one that's like like really like really like really really good like for you specifically? So, I mean, if it's like uh, future cast, right? What is still going to be on the list come the end of the season, right? When we do the end of the season roundup. Sign of affection, fluffy paradise, Doctor Elise, the foolish angel, probably because I need that one cringe show. The villainous one and classroom of the elite and solo leveling and tamer, I think would be the ones would be the ones that stay out of the 19. Uh, so that's, that was a good, I would say one hour. Uh, we are, we are actually, my audacity says we are approaching one hour. Uh, so episode one of voxels. Uh, I, of course, if you, I think a lot of people who are listening to the the podcast that shall not be named uh, will also be listening to this one. But I'll, I'm curious about feedback. Uh, we have a feedback address, right? Uh, what's what's the feed? Yeah, so um, here's... Gotta, I should have practiced this. So this has been Voxels, as you said, episode one. You can find the show at voxels.fm. Splurge for the, for, the, for the big kid domain. 
And if you have any feedback for the show, you can send it to feedback at voxels.fm. As well, you can find me on Mastodon at lofi carrots at mas- mstd blah, blah, dot plus. I don't know. What, if you go to voxels.fm, click on the episode link, there'll be links to both of our websites and our Mastodon pages there. Um, yeah. And where can people find you on the internet if you remember your handle? Yeah, I am. I am Sadiq. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon uh, at packetcat at 10forward.social. Or all my stuff is linked on sadiksafe.com. And please go check out my blog. I'm fully committed to blogging in the year of Allah 2024. So go to nowrouted.space, uh, read my blog post, put it in your RSS feed reader, subscribe to the newsletter that goes out uh, weekly. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Button Down. Uh, and this podcast, actually, uh, I think Transistor gets a shout out. I think they're, 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 they're a good... I would like oh transistor was great i used to use them in the past and um like i even have a youtube a- uploads now i turned off personalized ad for the youtube uploads so i don't know how like the youtube upload thing is going to go but um we have youtube uploads now if you go to voxels.fm slash subscribe you can find us on overcast apple podcast google podcast rp youtube music youtube um deezer amazon music so antenna pod for the android people we have a native listing antenna pod now for all y'all android people who don't like google apps being on their on their devices so wherever you like, as they say, wherever you get your podcast, you can find you can find Voxels. Uh, if you like, if you enjoyed the podcast, please you know share it uh, on on your socials or share it with a friend, etc. You know, uh, it, it, I love I love all of this. This so love. Please send us feedback. Tell us about the trash anime you watch. I want to hear like your your pet theory about Alan Wake too. Please please tell me. Uh, what, also, please stop listening on Alexa devices. I haven't even shared the link of anyone yet, and I checked our our analytics, and someone was listening on an Alexa. <laughs> oh, you, oh my god! Come on, Christian, you can't, you can't, you can't roast our listeners for for listening. You know what? Okay, fine. Let's flip this over. Let's flip this over. Please, if you're gonna listen on an Alexa, someone needs to send me a photo of them listening to it in a terminal only podcast app on a ThinkPad from 2004. Okay. All right, that's the that's the listener request. Uh, please, please do your homework. Um, always. All right. Um, this this has been a good time. I am I'm g- glad to be. I don't know how often we're gonna do these. I don't think we decided on like uh, a schedule for episodes. Uh, but uh, maybe once two, every two weeks, like every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks. I think we can we'll figure it out. It depends on depends. We'll we'll, we'll run into a flow. But yeah, please subscribe and and please um I guess since we're on YouTube, smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. All right, yeah. let us end this now. Yeah. Yeah, let, let us end this. Uh goodbye everyone. Bye.